welcome to this edition of Sea Trade Maritime Masterclass Podcast Series. My name is Emma Howe, Director at Sea Trade Maritime. Today, I'm delighted to be sat with Daniel Carby, our latest ambassador to join the Sea Trade Maritime Club and CEO of Sea Horizon Offshore Marine Services, a company committed to servicing multinational companies and delivering excellence of services globally. Daniel is probably one of the youngest masterclass interviewees, but has packed a lot into his relatively young years. Over the next 20 minutes or so, we talk about his experiences and also his passion for empowering the younger generation entering the maritime and shipping workforce. Good morning, I'm Daniel Cabby, uh, CEO of Sea Horizon Offshore Marine Services, headquartered in Qatar, but based all over the Middle East. We are an offshore marine service provider for the major oil companies and also providing tug and barge operations around the region. So today I'm delighted to be sat with Daniel Carvey, who is our latest ambassador to join the Sea Trade Maritime Club and is a keen advocator of supporting youth in maritime. Welcome, Daniel. We actually last met in Dubai in 22 when you were a finalist at the Sea Trade Maritime Middle East 20 Under 40 Awards, an initiative we're running again this year and hopefully for which you'll enter again. Now, Daniel comes from a family with a long-standing success in the maritime industry and is CEO of Sea Horizon Offshore Marine Services, a company committed to servicing multinational companies and delivering excellence of services globally. So, Daniel, on to the questions. Maritime seems to be at the core of your upbringing. Did you ever want to break away and do something different? Absolutely. (laughs) I I actually never wanted to go into maritime. I always wanted to be a sports agent. And growing up, all my friends were athletes that ended up in the pro leagues in Canada and America. And I always thought it would be super cool to represent them as a sports agency. But given the family background... uh, my family forced me into the marine business because my grandfather started in the salvage business and my father continued. And that's why I took it as in being an agent for vessels and marine instead. So you studied at Harvard Business School. What did you study and how has that helped shape your career? I actually did a course in global business, which obviously being in the marine business, global business is very important to understand. And I was doing it during Corona. So it was an online program that I I did for six months, I think it was. And it was a great, not only pastime for during COVID-19, but a good way to further my education and understand more about global business. And is that the kind of course that you would encourage anybody wanting to enter this sector? Absolutely. I mean, during Corona and during COVID-19 pandemic, you would think that A lot of people wanted to change their industries and branch off to other things, which is why I thought that if you understand global business, you can do anything, no matter what region you're in, no matter what industry you're in. So I I think that everyone should start out their first introduction to business classes should be global business because we do business everywhere in the world differently. I was reading your biography before we started this interview. And you say that you're a firm believer of building and sustaining firm family-like relationships with clients and business partners whilst retaining entrepreneurism at your core. 
Can you give us some examples of this and why it's important to maintain that style of relationship? And is that style cultural to this region? So going back to be wanting to be a sports agent, what a sports agent means is you have to keep a relationship and you have to gain the trust of the player and the athlete that you represent to make sure that they trust you enough to get them the right deals, the right team, the right business opportunities. So that is always embedded. And obviously being in this region, it's a very big deal in the Middle East to be invited to a someone's home. So what we want to do at Sea Horizon and based off the whole business is we want to make international clients feel at home. So when they come and work with us, you're really welcome as a family. It's all about trust because if, if someone trusts you with their business, that means more than anything. And that's to us and that, that's how we want to present the company. Obviously, what most of our business is, yes, we have vessels and yes, we manage and we have assets, but our core business is representing international companies. So to gain their trust and bringing their trust into a region that they may not be familiar with is, is something we strive for. It's, it's really interesting you say that. There is still, I think, especially people perhaps um, from the States, uh, especially, still perceive the Middle East as not the friendly, all-embracing culture that it is. What, what would you say to that market? It, it is very interesting. I've seen it. I mean, just recently you see the World Cup in Qatar and you see the media and how it was treated in how it was. And, and then on the, on the flip side, you did see Qatar make an extra step towards welcoming the tourists and the fans to their homes. And, and what I would say to that market is the Middle East as the culture, every country, hospitality is a very big deal. I'm sure if you go to... The, locals house whether in qatar uae or saudi arabia first thing you do you're greeted by coffee you're greeted by a lot of food so we are a very hospitable region and i think everyone is welcome to, to experience that i'm gonna have to ask you because you've obviously mentioned you wanted to be a sports agent do you have a favorite sport basketball basketball and soccer football I say football because you guys are here, but, <laughs> but Canadian in me says soccer. Yeah, basketball and soccer. I was going to be a basketball sports agent, to be exact. So you still watch it? Time difference is there, but I, I watch the highlights in the morning. <laughs> You're passionate about youth empowerment and an active member of Youngship UAE. Do you think the industry is doing enough to support new generations entering this industry? And what more could be done? I think recently, yes, um, to answer that question, because when I got into the industry, I was 19, maybe 18, turning 19, and came in the summer, started experiencing it. It was very difficult to encounter individuals that were younger. It was mostly much older people. And that's what actually intrigued me the most to Youngship UAE, because I saw that there was a community of young individuals that after work, can sit together and casually speak about their work problems, their difficulties in the industry, and they wouldn't get scrutinized by the older and more experienced people. And it would just be an open discussion. And I never had that. So growing up, when I came into the industry at 19, I was the youngest person I had around me was probably 40. <laughs> so yes, but now with the emergence of the academies and the emergence of the conferences, 
and for bigger companies and public companies promoting youth in the industry, I think there is getting better. Is it where it should be? That's to be determined. But I think we are headed towards the right direction because that's the next generation, right? Do you think there should be more mentoring within industry? Absolutely. Yes. If I had a mentor, oh, I would be great. I would be much happier, uh, make a lot less mistakes. But I think absolutely. And, and, and in a lot of ways, that's what Youngship is. Although in most regions, Youngship is a social networking platform outside of work. But in the UAE, because we have the relationship with the Ministry of Energy and Infrastructure, because we have DP World, Adna, Kalanaz over here, it's very important for the board members, which we are all close to 40, to educate and mentor the young members that are coming in every day. Yes, we do a little bit of networking, but most of the networking events is us board members giving advice to the young members, that, which is great. Uh, they enjoy it. And at the same time, we, have, we either do an event in the desert where we have a barbecue, or I think the next one will by the time this will come out it will be done is top golf we're organizing an event at top golf and in terms of gender equality and seeing the younger generation come into the industry are you seeing that split close well yes one thing that i was having this conversation with i think two to three years ago was that there isn't much gender equality it's a very male driven industry the marine industry but recently we're seeing more and more females in the, the industry. And even at Sea Horizon, we're actually majority, our staff is majority women in the organization, which I do think it's improving and it's very important because females have very good insight in the marine industry. So the new generation wanting to get a foothold in the industry, you've spoken about the education piece, but what else could people do to get into this sector? I think the biggest thing about this sector, because the maritime industry is probably one of the widest industries, it has so many options, whether it's bulk carriers, whether it's oil tankers, whether it's cruise ships even, you have to focus on one thing. You can still be in this industry without specializing in marine. That's one thing that even for me starting out was a challenge because I would always say, I know nothing about marine, but I'm here. But there is a lot of jobs that you can do. For example, I think it was last year where I actually met a business development manager that had, because of COVID, he had been let go of being a physical education teacher. But he was a business development manager for an offshore marine service company and he was doing great. And he actually came to me and he said, I know nothing. I'm like, everyone knows nothing when they start. <laughs> You, but you have to stick to one thing, okay, business development, and go through it and let everything come. Obviously, we live with the youth these days. It's the TikTok generation. So our attention span is very low. <laughs> so we sit there and we look at it and we're like, okay, if we can't understand this, then we lose patience, we get frustrated. But that's the biggest lesson I've taken is it will come. You will learn the industry. You will learn this aspect of the job. Maybe you're a commercial guy and not a technical guy, but you get frustrated that you don't understand how the engine of the ship works, but you'll learn it. It comes with experience. So it's a good point. And I think 
you're right, the industry itself is made up of so many different fields. And, and now with the advent of digitalization as well, there's so much more opportunity for people who didn't naturally think that was a fit for them. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you have a lot of the digitalization platforms and educational platforms through that, that support. My next question was going to be about your own career and what you would have done differently given that time again. And we've established you would be a sports agent. Um, but actually within the career you have forged, is there anything that you think, oh, I wish I'd done that slightly differently? Yes. I think early on in my career, and I think in today's world, it's very common. A lot of uh, people entering the industry, whether it's any industry, it's more about asking for help, asking for support. I look at it myself every day and I'm like, see, if I was younger, I would have done this, I would have done that when I was back then, and then maybe today would be different. So yes, uh, the biggest takeaway I take is ask for help and ask for support when you need it. Don't be scared, don't be shy. I have a lot of friends that, just like me, they're second, third generation, they're starting out in the marine industry and they put so much pressure on themselves to know everything that their father and grandfather did when in reality their father and grandfather started on the ship sailing then from the sailing they figured out started going into commercial side of the business and that we don't have i don't want to call it a luxury because we're, we're, we're very spoiled today so we're not sailing but we don't have those abilities to adapt in that way. So why rush it? So mm -hmm. we have the ability to ask our peers instead. Yeah, that makes sense. You've been appointed non-executive director of uh, Neonautica LLC, mm -hmm. which is a startup focusing on the transition to blue economy by working on innovating green transport solutions and clean energy within maritime, ultimately tackling climate change. How and what will you do to make a difference? So Neonautica itself is actually a really interesting project that was founded by Captain Rami, who's also the chairman of Young Ship. And he, we came together and I thought it was an amazing idea because what Neonautica really is, it's, it's the luxuries of the marine industry, but with a more environmentally friendly output. So we have battery-powered jet skis, we have battery-powered yachts, solar-powered yachts that are all going to be developed in the UAE. So they're going to be built in the UAE in a yard here. And I think it's uh, amazing because you see in, in this region, there's a lot of money being spent on luxury. And why not have it have the same fun, but with an environmentally friendly way? And that's why I call it guilt-free luxury toys as the marketing pitch for it, but I think it's a great step moving forward and it's great for the environment. So I, I think once by next year, when it, when we, we launch some of the first products, I think it will get a lot of traction and that's where the Middle East and the whole world is going towards anyway. That's incredibly exciting and innovative. You've only got to stand on the waterfront in Dubai to see how many toys are on the water now and to have that green, element i think it's really exciting you said that this is being an innovation from a yard where which yard is so we're, we're currently developing the yard right so it will be an in-house yard basically what the current 
company structure is, is there's three companies that have built their own products, but we wanted to manufacture it in the UAE for the UAE Vision 30 initiative. So we have partnered with them and we're going to start manufacturing once the yard is completed with the support of the UAE. So I think the first two will be the catamaran yacht, which is solar powered and fully autonomous, which produces its own fresh water. And also the battery powered jet ski, which is really cool because it's a hydrofoil that lifts up. Okay, so most recently though, and I don't know where you find the work-life balance with everything that you do, but you have been appointed as an ambassador in Qatar for the Sea Trade Maritime Club. Congratulations. What does that mean to you and what do you feel you can bring to this role? Well, that's amazing because when I first looked into the Sea Trade Maritime Club, I was very excited about it. I spoke to some of the peers that are on the Sea Trade Maritime Club, and I chose more specifically Qatar because obviously the company is headquartered there, but also because there's a lot of maritime potential in Qatar, and it's not enough people know about it, especially with what is going on with having the largest ocean-going fleet of tankers for the LNG expansion, with having the ports and the offshore support companies that are expanding, such as Malaha, which is a very big government-owned company in Qatar. To have the support and to represent them is amazing for a platform like Sea Trade and to create awareness to bring them to these events because these events for the Sea Trade Maritime Club, you guys have created something that ideas are being shared within the industry. And why not have people in that industry and that part of the world involved? So being a part of the Sea Trade Maritime Club and watching how things unfold and the changes being given and hearing the industry leaders' insights, I think is an amazing initiative and I'm very excited to be a part of it. Well, thank you, Daniel, for your time today. And we look forward to working with you both as ambassador for the club, but with all the other activities we've discussed today. Thank you so much. I look forward to it as well. Thank you to Daniel Carby, CEO of Sea Horizon Offshore Marine Services, for his time today talking to Emma Howe, Director at Sea Trade Maritime. To listen to more of our Masterclass series, which focuses on leading maritime personalities and their experiences in the industry, go to www.seatrade-maritime.com. Thanks for listening today.